2: Big bank, small bank, I like to make money.
0: All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want (laughs) to (laughs) bet? And we are
1: underway. Welcome to another edition of the Action Network NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 2 betting preview. I'm joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky, Stucky, what's good? How was your week one?
2: It was good. It was profitable, so I can't complain. I said this on our college football podcast. Sometimes to have like a huge week, you need – you know, the difference between like a huge week and a good week or like an average week and a bad week is just the, the late touchdowns that either go go your way or don't. You know, I had the Dolphins who are at like the five-yard line for a backdoor, and, you know, Parker's out of the game hurt and they throw a pick. I have the Jets under, and Darnold goes – 85 yards in the last minute with a, a fourth down conversion, a made-up pass interference in the end zone, and then they scored. So those two didn't go my way, but it was still a profitable week. Those things even out. No complaints.
1: Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I think we were just talking off air. Uh, actually went 9-0 and in the bets I tracked on the Island game, so Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night. 5-6 and 6 on the 1-4 and 4 p.m. slates, and that was with the help of Money Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, with the three touchdowns. In the fourth quarter, can't complain. Uh, We'll get into our Sunday six-pack, which is where we draft our top six bets of the week, our top six sides. We'll get into our favorite total, teaser, uh, Moneyline Underdog Parlay, and Survivor Pick in just a second. Uh, But before we kick things off with our Thursday night preview, two very quick reminders. Number one, if you plan to bet on the NFL this season and haven't downloaded the free award-winning Action Network app. What are you doing? It's got betting tools, analysis for myself, Stucky, and the whole Action Network team, and it lets you track every bet that you make And number two, if you want a chance at a free Vegas vacation, don't forget to enter the Action Pods Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. This is the free weekly Yahoo DFS tournament we've debuted this season specifically for our podcast listeners. Join by clicking on the link. In our episode description, the top 10 finishers last week received over $1,000 worth of Action Network prizes, and the top five punched their ticket to the wild card weekend grand finale where they'll compete for the grand prize, a Las Vegas trip for two valued at over $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Every week, it's a brand new game, so make sure... To enter every week of the NFL regular season for your chance at these awesome prizes, just click on the link in our episode description. And I should point out that we had a really good episode of the Fantasy Flex podcast on this channel with my guy TJ Hernandez and he specifically mentioned that uh, the Yahoo DFS platform is excellent for people looking to expand their horizons um, it's you know a little bit newer so not quite as many sharks a little more competitive there and just a lot of overlay in the tournament so check out our tournament but stuck. Uh, let's get into the Thursday night football preview
0: it's not the best game but it's the only game tonight let's bet Thursday night football. So for week two,
1: Thursday night, we have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Cleveland to face off against the Browns, the Browns six point favorites, the total 43 and a half. And I'm just going to come right out and ask you stuck. You have it at Cleveland minus eight. So quite a difference between your number and the consensus number in terms of the betting market. Why are you so bullish on Cleveland?
2: Yeah, it's not as much as I'm bullish on Cleveland as I'm really low on Cincinnati, a rookie quarterback, all of their new scheme changes early in the season. One of the things that I'll mention here is week two is overreaction week. Um, so you know, there's a lot of trends. If you basically blindly bet all the teams that, you know, 0 1 teams against 1 0 teams against the spread over the past 15 years, you would have profited. You know, if you bet teams that lost straight up in week one, And as week two underdogs, they're 82, 67, and four against the spread. It's about 55%. Teams that fail to cover by a touchdown or more in week one and are underdogs in week two, 51, 35, and two against the spread, close to 60%. And if you lost straight up as a favorite in week one and you're an underdog in week two, you're 30, 17, and three, about 64% against the spread, 10 and three if at home. So I just want to throw that out there, set that theme about overreactions. Now, the hardest part for me about week two is – knowing that there's not to overreact but also properly reacting and adjusting my power ratings to teams that I you know and it's more art than science because you only have a sample size of one game so for a lot of teams I'll be like I don't want to overreact but some I'll say I'm going to take a stance and I I don't think this team is going to be as good or as bad so I'll more aggressively adjust that I didn't do that here with Cleveland you know they moved the ball they had a bunch of turnovers they missed a field goal they missed an extra point And it was just a nightmare kind of scenario for them. It's a brand-new scheme, brand-new staff, and then you're going to Baltimore to play this powerhouse with all this continuity. So I don't take too much from it. Over the next couple weeks, we'll start to really learn where this is going to go with Cleveland. There's also a ton of injuries on that side of the ball. Um, And then, you know, this is an ideal, you would think, on paper, an ideal spot for them. They're playing a rookie quarterback on a short week. Rookie quarterbacks in weeks one through eight, Over the past 15 years, playing on a Thursday night on a short week, are one in six with one touchdown and 10 picks, averaging about five yards per attempt. There are some scrubs on that list, but there's also Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Um, There's just been no success in this spot. It's a short week. It's a new offense. There's been no preseason. The offensive line is a disaster. Their starting guard is out now. Um, you know, Bobby Hart is just a, a train wreck at right tackle. Jonah Williams still needs some work at left tackle. So I think the Browns will be able to get some pressure. And on the other side of the ball, the Browns also have a ton of injuries. Four offensive ta- four offensive linemen are on the injury report. You have Landry who may not play. Um, it's just littered. But I'll take the experienced Browns here. I think we will be able to run the ball against the Bengals, and I think that they'll be able to get to Burrow. Look, Burrow showed some poise at times. But he was under fire the entire game. And they have talent at receiver. If they were to spread out the Browns, who are basically just down to ward at that corner as a healthy corner, they could maybe have some success if Burrow actually could get time to throw it. I think he, was getting, he got an average of 2.2 seconds last week per pass attempt. And you can see by the yards he threw for it to throw it. So he really couldn't throw it downfield. Very conservative game plan. I think that's what they'll have again this week on a short week. I think with the questions on the Brown side, they're also going to rely on a very run-heavy attack. If their offense – both tackles are questionable and haven't been practicing. their center also, and Mayfield needs that. So if their offensive line's out, Landry's out, they're going to go run-heavy too. I think they'll have success running against Cincy. So what I think this boils down to is short week is going to favor Cleveland here. I'm really low on the Bengals early in the season, especially – going on the road in a short week. That's why I make it eight. The injuries are worrisome for Cleveland, but I laid five and a half when it was out there. I'd lay anything under seven. I also took an under for the game and under first half, under 43 and a half for the game. 43 is kind of a key number, and that's what it's at right now at BetMGM. Cleveland right now is minus six at BetMGM. I would play that as well. Uh, And then some under first half, 21. So I think it's a lower scoring Divisional game, both teams don't want to start 0-2, some kicker issues as well. Offensive lines might get dominated on both sides. So I think the Browns win, you know, a lower scoring game. And I'm kind of protected if it's really low scoring with this under where it might be more difficult to cover the five and a half or six.
1: Yeah, home favorites on Thursday Night Football, we point this out pretty much every week, but it's really tough on a short week for the for the underdog, especially when they're the inferior team. So home favorites are 74, 50, and 4 against the spread since 2003. Uh, that's a 60% cover rate. I have this game power rated at Cleveland minus 6.5, so uh, not quite as bullish as you, but pretty much in line with the market and, and definitely... You know, the the market's at six, so I'm leaning toward Cleveland as well. Uh, I bet the under for this game when it first came out and it was at 46, which uh, opened just way too high. So not surprised that it it dropped to 43, I think, uh, you know, or 43 and a half. I think that's kind of where I was thinking it should be, you know, more of a 43 game, which is a key number than than a 46 or 47 type of game. So uh, I'm with you on the under as well. I would bet that down to to 43 and a half where it's at right now. But, uh, you know, Cleveland worries me a little bit just because I think the Bengals may have the better quarterback in this game. But I'm with you on the under because I don't think Cincinnati is going to be a disaster defense. I think they're more, you know, they'll have some struggles here and there against the better teams. But um, yeah, this should be a low scoring kind of slugfest. Uh, Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels out for Cincinnati. I think that really hurts against Nick Chubb and I I'm a, i don't know about you but I'm kind of expecting a feed Nick Chubb game from Stefanski yep. you know I think he had six carries in the first half he was pretty effective as he always is so I think this one close to the vest feed Nick Chubb against a defense that's weakened on the interior uh, should get him the win and uh, should be a low scoring game
2: I think the Browns get it done but it would it surprise me if they messed it all up
1: in, t- in typical <laughs> Cleveland fashion absolutely not I will say this Cleveland, I, I was pleasantly surprised by how well they held up in run defense against Baltimore. You know, Baltimore, obviously one of the better run teams in the league, especially once you add in Lamar Jackson and they gave up only 107 yards on 30 carries from the Ravens. So uh, that's a positive. And if Joe Burrow doesn't have that working for him uh, it, it's going to be really tough. All right, next up, Stucky and I will each give you our three favorite bets of the week in the six pack. But first, Here is our coach's pep talk. This week's pep talk is the one we used last season for the same team, the Cleveland Browns. And it comes courtesy of Coach Pete Bell from the 1994 film Blue Chips. And we're dedicating it to the Cleveland Browns.
0: If you keep playing the way you're playing, we're going to get an ass beat again tonight. And it stops right now.
1: All right, let's do it. Let's crack open the Sunday six pack.
0: Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six pack.
1: All right, stuck. So we have our little weekly six pack competition. Of course, we draft our three favorite sides each. Uh, First pick is worth two points. Others are worth one. And then our favorite total, which is the next segment, worth one as well. My bills took care of business. The Bears got an assist there from the Lions defense. So uh, I got three. Your Dolphins. Uh, let us down, of course. Ultimately, you came through with your other two picks. Uh, both of our totals went over when we had under, so uh, three to two after week one. Early lead for me. You're up first. Where are you going with your first pick?
2: All right, my first pick in the Sunday six-pack is the New York Football Giants. They are currently plus five and a half at BetMGM. Uh, I make this a tad under four, so I have the Bears at like minus three point eight ish points. Look, you can talk about overreactions to bear. I mean, Bears fans were jumping off of a cliff, jumping off of bridges three quarters through that game. They're down twenty three to six, and they come all the way back. Why did they come back? Well, first you have Jamie Collins who got suspended for hitting a ref, and then the Lions were down all three starting corners in the fourth quarter. So you wonder why Mitch Trubisky, the only team he ever plays good against the Lions, he actually wasn't playing well for the first three quarters. You had Okuda, their first one draft pick, didn't suit up. You had Justin Coleman, who's their good slot. He went down with a hamstring injury. He's now an IR. And you had Trufant go down with a hamstring injury. You had Dow Roberts in there, who, was, who he, he even got banged up. So, I mean, just a complete fluke. And then the Bears get, a, you know, a tip pick. They get all of the Lions corners to go out with injuries. And they still need DeAndre Swift to drop a wide open – touchdown pass in the end zone I mean come on nothing changed for me in that in that Bears game they were getting blown out into all the injuries and flukes in the fourth quarter this is still a bad team it's still Mitch Trubisky at quarterback it's still a team that has a bad offensive line a no running game an overrated defense all the things that I thought coming into the year on the other side they're taking on a Giants team that look it looked ugly and I know it's a short week which but it's it's still early in the year the offensive line for the Giants it is a problem but they actually held up better than i thought going up against arguably the best defensive line in the nfl this is a defensive line that was number one in pressure last year number two in epa against the run just the dominant defensive line you're starting a bunch of new guys who've never played together a rookie left tackle and they held up fairly well i mean daniel jones that long drive he doesn't throw that asinine pass they're right in that game in the second half after like a 14 minute drive Let's hear it for Danny Dimes.
1: It's my city, I'm the king of New York.
2: The corners still have issues, but that's not something Mitch Trubisky's really going to exploit. You're going from Ben Roethlisberger and those Pittsburgh receivers to Chicago. It's, it's going to be a breather for both the offensive line and the defensive backs. The offensive line run blocking was awful. Evan Ingram didn't do anything, and he can't block, so that doesn't help the run game either. But I just think this line is too high. Uh it's you know, I I make it three and a half to four. So give me anything over five. You can get six, that's even better. Anytime I can get a chance to find value while fading Mitch Trubisky, aka Mitch Bortles, you know I'm taking it.
0: You've just been Bortled.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna take. I think this is The best value on the board, you know, kind of in this dead zone of five and a half. I don't think the Bears look particularly good. I think the Lions gave them the football game, as they tend to do under Matt Patricia, which is something that I've been screaming all offseason. It's like, you can be, you can look good on paper, you can improve on paper, but something about that Lions culture is off. Um, something about Patricia and getting them to play, especially in the fourth quarter and, and closing out games. And I don't know what he's doing at halftime. It's off. And so, yeah, not surprised that the Bears were able to kind of pull it out uh, either. I thought the Giants held up, as you mentioned, quite well in that Pittsburgh game. Listen, I have a future on Pittsburgh to go to the Super Bowl. Daniel Jones, two horrendous picks, if you ask me. I mean, even the other one, he threw he threw two picks to what? Guys who could weigh a combined like 550 to 600 pounds. It's just unacceptable. But the Giants... You look at their weapons on offense and they're better than Chicago. So, in a game like this, where I think both teams are going to struggle a little bit on the O line, both teams, uh, you know, it's going to come down to a few plays here and there. Darius Slayton, Daniel Jones, they have something going here. You know, that was a guy that didn't know quite whether how much do we trust Slayton after last year, you know, kind of coming on, but no one was ever healthy. But it's picked up right where he left off, scoring two touchdowns. Uh, I have this game power rated as Chicago. Uh, as a four point favorite. So I'm with you about a point and a half there of value. And, um, you know, might, might tweak this. If it, if I tweak it, it's probably going to end up going the other way towards the, uh, the Giants even more. So uh, I'm with you there. Uh, I think that's a really good pick uh, to, to start it off. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants outright won this football game. They looked like, you know, watching both of these teams, the Giants look like the better team going against a tougher opponent. For the number two pick in the Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys as four point favorites at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Listen, Dallas going against the Rams on the road. That was Rams all day for me. Uh, I bet the Rams at, you know, not even three, but two and a half when it first opened, I think you had the Rams at two and a half on the show uh, last week. It was just a, a situation where Dallas coming out with some new pieces on the o line, just wasn't a great spot for them coming back home against Atlanta, who another team that I've been probably more down on than, than the consensus, but uh, this line, you know, I know Dallas is dealing with some injuries. They lost the tight end Blake Jarwin. They lost Leighton Vanderesh, which is, is somewhat of a big deal, especially with Sean Lee already out. But this line is creeping down to where it was, I think, seven or, or six at one point, and it's all the way down to four. It'll probably jump around as, as the week progresses, but I think it's an overreaction to Dallas losing. Atlanta is a team that I'd be a lot more concerned about Atlanta actually did close as a favorite. They did end up losing, getting blown out. But you look at Atlanta's defense, and I think this was the issue uh, that, that I was concerned about, the issue why I thought they, they weren't as good. They, last season, they really picked it up on defense in the second half. Everyone was saying Raheem Morris took over. This defense is better. He made the adjustments. He found the magic potion. And then they come in the, you know, week one. They're at home. They're going against Seattle. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of a pick. They're a favorite depending on the book 31 of 35 passing 322 yards four touchdowns no picks one of the incompletions one of the full four incompletions they they let up on 35 passes was a drop no picks another three for 29 on the ground from Russ and now you're facing Dak Prescott with three really good receivers you know the tight end is going to be the least influential part of this Dallas offense um, you're going from a team in the Rams who had Jalen Ramsey and you know Troy Hill, who's a very underrated corner. They're meeting all these Cowboys receivers at the ball, at the catch point. They're forcing incompletions. They're knocking balls away. Just not going to happen with Atlanta's defense. Uh, I, I expect a huge game from Dak. He's in the running to be the number all, number one overall quarterback in fantasy. Dak Prescott in his career versus sub 500 teams and and the Falcons aren't just zero and one, they were seven to nine the past two years. So I feel comfortable calling them a sub 500 team, but Dak against sub 500 teams in his career, 16 and six against the spread 73%. And then Dan Quinn and, and, you know, coming off a loss, which is usually when you find value on a team, especially like the Falcons who are very capable of backdoor covering because of that offense with Julio and, and Matt Ryan after a straight-up loss their 14 and 22 against the spread in the next game, just a 39% cover rate uh, with Dan Quinn at the helm.
0: <laughs> oh wow! You gotta be shitting me.
1: <laughs> the Falcons tend to come up small in big spots, so fading the Falcons in a line that's creeping, you know, in their, you know, in their favor uh, away from Dallas, I think it's unwarranted. Uh, this is a game that Dallas can win. The offensive line issues aren't going to matter as much. And, and they still have a pass rush just enough so that, you know, Matt Ryan, they're going to put up yards, but uh, you know, Dallas went two of you know, Dallas went two of five in the red zone, uh, Atlanta. I think Dallas is going to hold uh, Atlanta out of the red zone a couple of times, just like they did the Rams. We know Julio struggles to score touchdowns. And on the other side, Atlanta allowed four or four uh, in the red zone to Seattle um, and, and Dallas struggled in the red zone against the Rams. I think it's going to kind of flip around. Uh, So love Dallas uh, as the uh, slightly over a field goal favorite. I make this game uh, Dallas by five and a half. And and that's not even as aggressive as some people. A corner has it at at six uh, and you have it at 6.2. So, um, you know, uh, I think there's kind of some, some consensus agreement here that this line is a little bit too well. I think
2: the Cowboys are the side here, especially at four. Obviously, since I make it over six, some of the injuries are concerning. The Atlanta's a tough team to crack. I mean, one of the things I was looking for from their defense this year is the importance of A.J. Terrell at corner. And they needed him. They need him to be really good. They need him to be a number one corner good for a rookie. And last week, he lined up on the outside in almost all, I think like 90% of their defensive snaps. He gave up a completion every time he was targeted. So well, he has a lot of,
1: essentially, Yeah. Right? well, he has a lot of work.
2: He has a lot of work to do now. Now, if you look at the box score, this is why. So the defense is, is just not going to be great. And I actually this is would be one of my overlooks of the week. Both teams are going to play relatively fast. They're going to throw the ball out and there, there should be a lot of yards. Atlanta put up 500 yards. They both averaged 6.6 yards per play. Atlanta went 0 for 4 on fourth downs, and they failed in the red zone once. But that's what Atlanta does. They get all these yards, and then they'll have like a fourth and short. They'll get into the red zone. They can't punch it in. Then they'll end up going for it, and they won't get it. So, like, they, have a, they, they just have these misleading box scores a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, Dallas is maybe still trying to figure some things out in their secondary With this new defensive scheme, which could be a little dangerous against Atlanta's passing attack. But I I agree with you. I think all the value here is with Dallas. And
1: I would look for it over, especially if you can get a 51 or lower. Two things before we move on to the next pick. Number one, you said Atlanta is a deceiving box score team. And that's so true. And what does that come down to a lot of the time? coaching when the coaching's yep. not there the, the numbers and the key spots aren't there and usually we talk about regression for those things but then you look at those trends like dan quinn off a loss just 39 percent against the spread in his next game and when you there's certain teams that that just doesn't regress when when you have what i consider to be a substandard coaching and, and number two bill bill barnwell of espn made a great point before the season in talking about the falcons he's like you know Every year, Matt Ryan has a great, you know, pretty good quarterback rating, Matt Ryan in that offense. And every year, the Falcons defense has allowed an even higher quarterback rating than the Falcons offense has. So I, I, the Falcons are a team that a lot of people are going to probably, you know, bet on more than they should or they're going to be afraid to bet against uh, because of that offense. But just remember that their defense uh, has proven to be even with a supposed defensive head coach. In Dan Quinn, time and time again, proven to be uh, even worse, you know, than that offense is good to the point where it offsets it.
2: Okay. For my third pick of the Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts who are three point favorites at BetMGM. Look, this is a decision. These are two teams that lost last week as favorites that had playoff aspirations, right? So, like, this is a big game for both teams, right? And going to 0-2 with losses against, you know, there would be two losses against not great teams um, to start off the year. Now, when I look at the Colts, I, I, I still think they're just a slightly, you know, an average to a slightly above average team. I don't get that worried about what I saw last week. They outgained the Jags by – 220 yards they threw for 210 more yards they you know rivers looked serviceable they had a couple turnovers and you know the jags capitalized at home in a home division game the vikings were one of the teams that i was on the fence about i said this can go really south and it could go really wrong for minnesota especially early and for everything that i saw i downgraded them significantly i'm gonna fade them furiously in the beginning of the year and look they put up a ton of yards they averaged over eight yards per play which led the nfl last week but they were behind the entire game and they were they put up a bunch of garbage time yards and they were just chucking it and the packers were playing soft The main problems are on defense their defense you have you lost everson griffin you had michael pierce opt out now you have daniel hunter on ir you have ngakwe who you signed who wasn't even playing in the second half. He's still dealing with an injury. He's still not up to speed on the defense. And Zimmer said as much. It's a complex defense. Their defensive line is just, I mean, this is usually a Zimmer strength. There's nothing there. And they're going to go up against the Colts offensive line, which may be the best in the NFL. So the Colts are going to control the line of scrimmage. They're going to be able to run the ball. They're just going to just dominate the point of attack. And then that's going to set up Rivers and their, you know, speedy receivers to get open against just in a, abysmal corner group for minnesota i mean last week the leading snap getter on that minnesota defense that corner was cam dantzler their third round pick you know mike hughes was playing nickel he's supposed to be the guy this year holton hill had a 29 pff rating got absolutely shredded so i you know look i know that they were going against uh aaron Rodgers. they're going against get adams but the green bay offense isn't all of a sudden the chiefs this is pretty much the same offense as it was last year Right? Like, we're, we're not all of a sudden saying Green Bay is the best offense we've ever seen all of a sudden. We were saying all offseason they didn't do anything to improve their offense. So, And I get Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the NFL. But they got torched. Their corners were awful. So, I think that the Colts are going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to run the ball. It's going to set up play action. They're going to be heavy 11 personnel. And the Vikings just don't have corners right now. Maybe, you know, Dantzler and, and, and their first-round draft pick – Glad he can get in there eventually and, and do something, but it's going to take time. The other side of the ball, I I think that the Colts will also have an advantage up front. Their front seven versus a Minnesota offensive line that still just has a lot of questions. I said this before the year. I said Xavier Rhodes is done, and if you looked at last week, yeah, he's done. He gave up, he gave a pass interference, he gave up a touchdown, he gave up 150 quarterback rating when targeted. They're going to be in a lot of zone. They're going to give him help. The one thing that gives me hope for this week is that Xavier Rhodes practiced against Adam Thielen for seven years. Adam Thielen thanks him for, like, becoming the receiver that he became. When there's a receiver and corner that practice together for a very long time and they're very familiar with each other's tendencies, I tend to give the edge when they face each other to the corner. But I just think the battle in the trenches is going to go all the Colts' way. I think this Vikings team's in trouble. Uh, I'm looking to fade them early. So I downgraded them significantly. I like Anything minus three or lower. I also have a small play on the under, under 48 and a half. These two teams, you know, the Vikings gave a million points last week. But if you look at both teams, their pace, they were both slow. And they both just want to run the ball. And now they're both 0-1. You can expect heavy rush game plans from both teams. Rivers always goes slow. He's going to snap snap the ball with one second on the play clock. And they were really slow last week, even though they put up, you know, a decent amount of yards. So I like the under small, but for my second pick in the six pack, give me the Colts minus three, not that worried about the Colts. I I still think they are who I thought they were slightly above average team that'll win nine games because of an easy schedule, but the Vikings, this is more of a fate of the Vikings who I am very concerned with because of that defense.
1: So I agree with you about everything about the Vikings. I think we should be concerned about them. I think they're a totally different team. If they don't have a good defense backing them up, uh, especially Kirk cousins, but I am worried about the Colts, but I was worried about the Colts in the offseason. They were my favorite underbet for the win totals. Um, a lot of people were high in them because one, one reason was they had an easy schedule. Why? Because they played the Jaguars twice. Well, guess who they lost to in week one? The Jaguars. Now, here's why I was down on the Colts and why I continue to be down on the Colts. They're great. They're great on paper, they're, they're decent on paper. They have good coaching staff. They have a lot of the qualities that I look for in a team that's underrated, like good coaching staff and Frank Reich great offensive line, probably the best in the league with, with Quentin Nelson. But Philip Rivers single handedly we lose his games. And we saw it again last week, and we've seen it with the Chargers, and it's become a trend. And, you know, even like this team reminds me of a team uh, like the Chargers, a team that I foolishly bet on a bunch last year, and just found ways to lose games. And that's, this is going to be the team that anytime you're, you're betting on, them, I'm going to be like, hey, man, like, it's probably a stay away from me. But like just be careful with this team because uh, everything could look right on paper and Phillip Rivers could single handedly lose the game. But I do think that there are some there were some other signs that, that we should kind of be kind of a little bit more concerned about the or concerned about the Colts a little more than just, okay, they had some turnovers. Yes, they threw for three hundred and sixty-three yards. But you look at the defense. Well, on paper, it doesn't look that bad when you look at the Royal yardage numbers 173 yards passing, 91 yards rushing, right? But then you realize Gardner Minshew went 19 of 20 with three touchdown passes and zero interceptions. They, they allowed one incompletion on 20 attempts with three touchdowns to Gardner Minshew. So I'm concerned from my vantage point, the reason that this is more of a stay away for me, I have it rated as Colts. Uh, minus one and a half is I think we should be concerned about the Colts losing to the Jags, especially playing that kind of defense. I just don't know how concerned because I don't know how good the Packers are. I don't know how bad the Vikings are. Then you look at a guy like Kirk Cousins, who this is his time. 1 p.m. Eastern Cousins, 35 and 19, 65% against the spread. Like Kirk Cousins gets up in the morning and gets ready for these 1 p.m. games. If if they play defense like this, like it's not going to be, it's not going to be good.
2: This is more of a fate of the Vikings than anything. I, you said that the Colts might be a 500, maybe a seven and team. I think the Vikings are at risk of being a four and 12 team this year.
1: For the fourth pick in the Sunday six pack, I am going with the Carolina Panthers plus eight and a half going to Tampa Bay. And this is just a situation where it's early in the year. And if, This was a week 15 game. I might have it a little different. I might not be making this pick, but we're talking about week two. I don't think Tampa Bay is quite situated yet as far as that offense with Tom Brady. Uh, I think the Panthers are a team that are going to still be a little better than we think. And a team that is going to play a lot of one-score games, Teddy Bridgewater, is not a, he's kind of an average quarterback. He's going to have a low depth of target. Uh, I think the Panthers' defense, obviously, is, is young, and it's gonna, they're going to make mistakes. But a uh, lot of one-possession games from the Panthers, even when they were – and I don't think anyone would say the Panthers are necessarily any worse than they were last year uh, or going to be any worse. I think at worst it's kind of about the same. Uh, they played one-score games in six of 11 Last year, and six of their 11 losses were one score. Uh, week one, another one score loss. So, seven of their 12 losses since the start of last season uh, have been by one score. So, I like this uh, anything above eight, um, be just because I think that this is going to ultimately be a one score game. You have the, the Bucks lining up with more two tight end than they've been used to, not going as vertical uh, with Arians as uh, you know, as an Arians offense would have in the past. Uh, you know, that's going to kind of I think keep things a little closer to the best. Tom Brady was hovering around, you know, like four or five yards per attempt for a large part of that uh, new Orleans game before it kind of devolved into garbage time. And he ended with some respectable numbers, but uh, it wasn't pretty. I think you're going to kind of see that continue. I think the bucks are going to be able to run the ball against the Panthers because everyone will, but ultimately, uh, I think the Panthers find a way to stay close. You looked at, you look at their defense, 14 missed tackles, Uh, That should regress. You don't. You're not going to expect the defense to miss 14 uh, every single week. Uh, Bridgewater still, even after the straight up loss, uh, 28 and 8 against the spread, 78% as a starter. And uh, going back to this one possession uh, thing, you know, I actually took this at a juiced up 10. Um, You know, it's it's hovering around nine and a half at, at some books. It's down to eight and a half at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network NFL podcast. But Uh, You look at nine to 10 point underdogs uh, since 2015, when they moved the extra point back and uh, it's 43, 15 and one, 74% cover rate uh, for those nine to 10 point dogs. And I think a lot of that has to do with just uh, a lot of, a lot of times when you're betting on a game to be more than one possession, uh, especially this early in the year when we don't know enough, I don't think uh, it's just really tough. So um, kind of a value play, a process play. Like I do think Tampa Bay is the better team. I just think this number is a little too big.
2: Yeah, for me, this is a complete stay away. I mean, from a pure look, just like the Bengals, I have the Panthers, you know, rated. I basically overweighted all the inexperience and the coaching changes to the negative early in the season. But, I, you know, so I make this like 10.2 or something. So under 10, Ooh. I would normally show value on the Bucks. I mean, I'm super low on the Panthers. I bet them under. It was one of my favorite win totals of the year. So the Raiders getting that win was big. Um, But, you know, I'm not in a rush to bet Tampa right now with Brady trying to figure out this offense. It's still going to be a little work in progress. The offensive line still has some issues. But, you know, I was afraid of some regression on the defense, but the defense played excellent. Don't don't be fooled by the final score against New Orleans. I mean, I think New Orleans averaged – the second worst, the second fewest yards per play in the NFL last week, like 4.3. That game was just full of flukes, special teams, mistakes, penalties on Tampa, Brady pick sixes, just uh, the defense came to play, but I'm not, I'm not betting Carolina, and their disastrous defense. And I worry about all the changes and they got to play a Raiders, a non-existent Raiders defense last week. So I don't know. I couldn't yeah, read much. 30 so points and a chance is, to win the game. Like that offense played – I don't know what that offense is going to look like, you know, a new offense playing like a real defense. You know, the, the Raiders' defense is just – it's really bad. I mean, their corners are so bad. So this is a stay away for me. I actually like the under. I played the under a little bit. Under 40 – I mean, the, the Bucks are playing slow too. They played slow last week. Brady likes to play slow. It's a great matchup for – so I think the Bucks are trying to figure some things out on offense. And this is a great matchup for the Bucks defense. Why? Because they could shut down Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure maybe Christian McCaffrey is always a popular fantasy pick. I don't know. Last year in two, two meetings against the Bucks, who are dominant against the run in bowls three, four, and dominant against ride running backs catching the ball in the backfield, McCaffrey had 38 carries in two games for 68 yards. He had six catches for 42 yards. So he basically had 100 total yards in the two games on 45 touches. So they could take him out of the game with their defense and then put it on Bridgewater, you know, two new, two quarterbacks getting used to new systems. So I kind of like the under it's a stay away from the side.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm actually with you on the under, I think McCaffrey will fare better uh, just because it's going to be a new scheme and they're going to look at those two games. And like, that's going to be the number one kind of focus I think is getting him different looks um, with the ball. I think they'll probably throw to him more, but uh, kind of another reason, is, again, this is a process play for me. I think the number's too big, but you like the under, that just kind of goes into my point. It's always harder to cover a big number uh, in a low-scoring game. So, um, uh, fair, fair, definitely fair points, and this could go really poorly. The Panthers could get blown out like 28-3, to uh, but uh, I think it's better than 50-50 that this ends up a one-score game.
2: Yeah, I mean, something else working in your favor is Godwin's con- concussion protocol. If he doesn't play, that certainly helps your bet. All right, for the fifth pick in the Sunday six-pack, I'm actually going to switch it up on you. I originally had the Jets, which we're going to talk about in the next total segment. But at BetMGM, that line is seven right now. And pushes are, are not win. You just need to win in this contest. So I do like the Jets plus seven. But for this contest, I'm going to switch it and go back to something that I wouldn't do at all last year. And I'm going back to the Cardinals. I didn't bet them Ooh. on all. And I'm going back to them... This week, uh, minus six and a half at Bet MGM. I make this line over seven, and I like the matchup. Look, don't get fooled by Washington's win last week over Philadelphia. They, lost, they were down 17 nothing. I was on them. Came back to win 27-17. Their defensive line dominated. But that game was more about the dumpster fire of the Philadelphia Eagles than anything else. They averaged 3.6 yards per play. I mean, their offense did nothing. Their offense, basic, their offensive line is awful. And they have one primary threat on the outside that you're worried about in Terry McLaurin. Well, Patrick Peterson's going to shadow him and follow him around. So it's not going to be easy to get him the ball. Arizona's offensive line is in much better shape than the Eagles' offensive line was last week. And you have Kyler Murray in his mobility now. He seems like he's also starting to get more comfortable about when to get rid of it, when to throw it downfield, as you would expect in his second year. And They just have too many weapons on the outside, something the Eagles didn't, for Washington to cover. I make this line a little over seven. I like the matchup. Arizona is a team on the rise. Give me the Cardinals minus six and a half. Going back to Cliff. Don't let me down, Cliff.
1: Yeah, if you look at our power ratings at ActionNetwork.com, all of us have it within six and seven and a half. I'm actually the most bullish on the Cardinals. I have this at seven and a half and you're next at 7.1. So this is definitely a pick that That I was thinking about as well. Um, But uh, yeah, I I like him for all the things you mentioned. I think that if they can win against a team like San Francisco, uh, another team that is pretty good at getting pressure uh, with four, you know, with four and uh, dropping back into coverage, you can beat that team, which is because of Kyra's mobility. And oh, look, that that move for DeAndre wasn't going to take much time at all for (laughs) for them to develop chemistry because he caught about 14 balls uh, in week one. So if that's happening already, you know, I think we saw what we needed to see out of the Cardinals to give them that bump into where you know we thought they could eventually be. It's just how quick could they get there? Uh, they are yeah, probably a, closer a, to being there now.
2: It's a great point because they basically it was such a great warm up game for that offensive line last week. And I'm not to say that you play the Forty Nineers to warm up for Washington, but just playing that game last week, it gets a really good defensive line. That's it's going to pay off this week and. You're basically going from San Fran, who has, you know, Washington San Fran, maybe right now they have comparable defensive lines. They're both up the top five in the NFL. But San Fran has a much better back end of its defense. So, you're again, you're going up against an elite defensive line, but you're getting a break on the back end this week.
0: The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. For my last
1: pick and the number six pick in the Week 2 Sunday six pack. I am going with the Green Bay Pack as a f- six point favorite at home against the Detroit Lions. And this is one that it could bite me. I was shocked he
2: took the Packers as a favorite, but then it, I was like, all right, well, it's against Matt Patricia, so maybe I should take a shot.
1: It's yeah, it's kind of it's it's on brand for me a little bit. Listen, you know, I get I get the trends, but this was always a spot I was gonna back the Packers. Matt Patricia, don't really have that much confidence in him. And let's keep in mind, you know, you're dealing with the Lions team that now is banged up in the secondary. You mentioned Coleman. Uh, you know, we'll see about the, the other guys. But uh, th- this secondary is far from healthy. And so this is the kind of matchup that, that, that favors Green Bay because they don't have great receivers uh, outside of Devontae Adams, who is amazing. But they do have a quarterback who can still get it done against bad defenses, as he showed. These are the kind of matchups that, that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are generally going to flourish in this has always been kind of a thing with, with Matthew Stafford as well, you know, because you look at Matthew Stafford and in his career versus winning teams. And again, it's one week. So the Packers are one and zero, but they what were 13 and three last year had about a 10, 10 win Pythagorean win total. So I feel confident calling them a winning team. Uh, Matthew Stafford against winning teams in his career is 28, 44 and two against the spread. That is just a 39% cover rate. Uh, you would have a 20% ROI just blindly betting against Stafford against a winning team of any record, including one and uh in his career. Uh, then you look at Rodgers in Lambeau Field, and and granted, you know Rodgers has there's like a lot of different iterations of Rodgers, but at least we saw that he can be the old Rodgers against shaky defenses, which I still think this is. You know, if ejections are not. You know, injury, I think the injuries are going to play a factor, but uh, 56 and 32 in his career at Lambeau Field with four pushes. That's a 64% cover rate. Division home games, he's 66%, 21 and 11 uh, against the spread. So uh, just a spot where, regardless of what happened in week one, and I'm kind of actually upset that, that Green Bay won convincingly and Detroit blew a lead because that probably just made the number get worse, but I still have it as Packers by six and a half. So, um, you know, I'll take the key number six. Wouldn't do it at seven, uh, which I don't know if the line is going to get there or go the other way or not. Usually the public likes the Packers, so I'd imagine it would go that way. But, um, you know, still like it at six. I think this is a confident spot to back the pack. Matt Patricia and his boys on the road, Stafford, they just find ways to lose games. It's it's inexplicable because I like the team. I think I like what Bevel's doing with Stafford. Uh, Gaudet we'll see about him if he's going to go which would obviously be big for Green Bay as well but uh, just don't expect them to go into Lambeau and be uh, good enough to, to cover this number in this spot if it was later in the year and the Packers were kind of down on their luck injuries hurting them maybe I think I bet the Lions as big or, or sizable dogs against the Pack late in the year last year and it paid off but early in the year healthy Packers Aaron Rodgers on his game going with Green Bay
2: yeah, this is a pure stay away from me. I mean, I show value on the Lions if this game was – if both of these teams were fully healthy. But I can't bet the Lions right now, and with all their injuries, especially in the secondary, If you, they could potentially be without all three projected starting corners. Akuda was doing through some foot drills today. Coleman's on the IR. You know, Trufant didn't practice today. That's a – I mean, you have Daryl Roberts and a bunch of scrubs out there, and Daryl Roberts you can include in that scrub group. That's not ideal. Galladay, questionable too. Last year, these two teams played two
1: – Close games.
2: Ridiculously close games. The Packers won both by a combined four points. The refs gave him a lot of help. I'll end with this. The Monday night football game, a lot of Lions fans will probably remember that with just some awful calls with Cleet Blakeman, who some say is like posters of Aaron Rodgers in his bedroom him and his his uh, crew are getting the the Lions Packers game again this nice. year like why would they the NFL nice. do that but so that might work in your favor i'll just leave that at that
1: Let's just jump right into our favorite uh, total segment. That was our Sunday six-pack. To recap, uh, Stuckey has the Giants as five-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Bears. The Colts as three-point favorites against the Vikings. And the Cardinals as six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Washington football team. I have the Cowboys minus four against the Falcons. The Panthers plus eight-and-a-half against the Bucks, And the Packers as six-point favorites against the Lions. Now time for our favorite over-under plays. Uh, I'll just jump right into it. Since you started the six pack, I'm going 49ers jets under 42 and a half. I would do this down to 41 and a half. I, you know, when this came out, it was uh, at 43 and a half. I immediately bet it. I think a lot of people at our company did. Uh, and, and that was just off kind of the game script in itself before we even kind of taking into account, all these injuries for San Francisco. So, you know, San Francisco, they're still breaking in a new guard, Uh, their center, Weston Richburg is, is on IR Debo Samuels on IR Uh, George Kittle is now got a spray knee. He didn't catch a pass in the second half, I believe uh, of last week's game. So he might be, he's iffy uh, could be a decoy. Even if he goes, Iuke, we still don't know about their their rookie wideout Richie James, their special teams, you know, returner and and number four wideout uh, got hurt last game. Dante Pettis, is a guy, you know, and we talk about Dante Pettis being in the doghouse of Kyle Shanahan, but he was on the field for, I think, 30 plus routes and got targeted once last week. So it's not just Shanahan's doghouse. Like Garoppolo is not targeting him. And when he's out there, so all these injuries for San Francisco, they're traveling across country early start sleepy game. They have to play it close to the vest with all these injuries, interior line injuries and pass catcher injuries play it close to the vest. The more you throw to running backs and tight ends, the lower the you know, yards per target and the yards per catch get. The, the longer drives need to be to score. And on the other side, you have a Jets team that's just not equipped to force a shootout. So, you know, for a 24-17 would be a 41 point total. That would be San Francisco scoring three touchdowns in a field goal and the Jets scoring two touchdowns in a field goal. And you would still cover at, if, if you had 41 and a half. That's generous. For, for this type of game, no Le'Veon Bell for the Jets. Uh, they got a like a 69-yard touchdown from Crowder last week. That doesn't happen every week. San Francisco got a 76-yard touchdown from Mostert in the past game last week. That doesn't happen every week. I mean, this is just a to me like probably my favorite play of the week. Uh, and it's still sitting here at 42 and a half. So banging the under uh, in Jets Niners.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's why I like the Jets plus seven too, with such a, a low total in a game I project to go under and like the under. And that makes – I look, I don't want to play the Jets. I I, I hate the Jets. I hate everything about them. I have under every which way for the season. But the 49ers are a mess right now on offense. They can't – they have no receivers. They can't really throw the ball. They're going to be running it a ton. They're going to be running it into heavy boxes. The Jets, their offensive line is not going to be able to hold up against this San Fred defensive line. So what are the Jets going to have to do? And their receivers are all hurt too. They're going to – I mean, they're going to have to hand the ball to Frank Gore. He was going to start a running back.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's what they're going to have
2: to do. They have to run the ball and then punt it. The 49ers are just going to run the ball. The clock's going to be going. So, yeah, I mean, and the Jets last week, they got that 60-yard touchdown, and they scored a bullshit touchdown at the end in garbage time. Uh, I like this under, and by default, I like the Jets at 7. I make it 6. Just because of all the San Fran's issues right now and catching a touchdown at home in a game that could be, you know, 14-10. Would it shock me if it was that? 17-13? No. So, I like the Jets, and I agree with you on that. Under for my favorite over under of the week, uh, I'm also going with an under, uh, and that's in the Chiefs and Chargers. Look, and I said coming into the year, preseason podcast, previews, all I want is Chargers' unders early in the year. They're going to be this team that their defense is solid and they're just going to run the ball. Tyron Taylor won't make risky throws, he'll take his shots downfield, but he's not going to pull a river, he's not going to fumble it. He's not going to throw, you know, an a whole awful pass over the middle of the field in the coverage into tight windows. Just going to be a very conservative offense. They played a little faster than I thought last week, but I think that they're, oh, they're going to come out this week and they're going to try and control the ball, run the clock, keep Mahomes off of the field, which is what you want to do against Kansas City. So while I think this game plan and this style doesn't really – it really lowers the ceiling of what the Chargers can do this year with Tyler Taylor, quarterback. It's actually a decent game plan to go up against the Chiefs. And, you know, their defense is very familiar. All right, now this is absolutely wild. The Chiefs are 27-2 and in their past 29 division games. Their two losses came by a combined two points on miraculous comebacks with touchdowns as time expired. One of them was against the Chargers when they went for two at the end. So, basically, they should be 29-0 in their past 29 division games. But if you look at the games last year against the Chargers, they won one by seven and one by ten. And they ended up getting six turnovers last year and only turned the ball over twice. Rivers basically cost them a couple games. I mean, the, the Chargers outgained them by 150 yards in the first game. They outgained them in the second game. And they had the ball for about 15 minutes more. They controlled the clock. You can run on the Chiefs which is what I think is going to happen here. Short passes, run the ball, and they're just not going to get the Rivers' turnovers. And Mahomes last year, and the Chargers' defense is a little better this year than it was last year. They had all those injuries last year. They're not as hurt. They still don't have Derwin James, but they got some more experience and they're a little more healthy. Patrick Mahomes threw for under 200 yards in both games last year, had one touchdown and one pick in both games. This Chargers' defense does, did as good of a job as any against the Chiefs. There's a lot of familiarity there. They have a good secondary. They have a good pass rush. But I think this just comes down to me wanting the Chargers unders early this year. I like their defense, even without James. It's just going to be a run-heavy, conservative offense. Doesn't take risks. They're going to be able to move the ball against the Chiefs. It's still not an explosive offense. It's not going to put up a ton of points. But I think they're going to keep the Chiefs off the field. Mahomes will get his, but I think they're going to do enough to keep them, you know, around 24-ish. You know, and if they get to – if they get to 31, I'm also protected with the Chargers. If the Chargers get to 24, um with the Chargers spread. But I don't think the Chiefs get more than 31 here. Um so I'll take the under and, and I like the Chargers throw them in as well over or anything over a touchdown.
1: So I'm with you on the on the under. I, I love the under, but I am honestly shocked that you are betting against Andy Reid with more than seven Extra days, to prep. prepare. 38 and 25. Uh, 60% against the spread. Andy Reid on the road with KC, 67%. He's 36 and 18 against the spread. Uh, In his career, including Philadelphia, he's still 61%. Patrick Mahomes is a favorite, it's 63%. Fading the Chargers in LA, 67%. Like you're betting against all the trends. I am honestly shocked. Like I I was going to say, like, I love this total because, and and this might be a hot take, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs shut him out. I mean, you look what they did to Deshaun Watson and how long it took them to get going. And you look at Tyrod Taylor, who averaged under seven yards in attempt against the Bengals. He ran six times for seven yards, so he's not bringing that to the table. I mean, what is this offense really without Tyrod? It's a whole lot of Eckler, and Eckler should get his, and um, that, I think that will be responsible for if you know, most of their offense in this game, but... I, I'm am su- surprised that you like the Chargers given this much, you know, given the trends. Like I have it at eight and a half, so I'm in line with the market. I don't really show value, but like, gun to my head, I'm still going to Chiefs here. Just I mean, you have every anti-Chargers trend that like you put me on to half of these. Like going in the and and you have the Chiefs division thing, which I didn't even realize. Like that, that woo man. That that might have to like throw. Yeah, but really I can I can, th- I can still-
2: throw I can throw all that <laughs> out the window yeah. if. If I'm getting over a touchdown in the NFL. So Fair. I mean Fair. that's Fair. a lot different. And and look, last week, I don't care what Houston did was just ass I mean, they, they look, they had a shot at the at the end of the half to be in that game with the missed field goal, and they were close for a moment and the Chiefs pulled away. And you gotta kind of be perfect to beat the Chiefs. Well, the two Johnsons only ran the ball sixteen times, the two D Johnsons. They only ran it sixteen times. They ran it for ninety yards. Right, there's more I mean, than two
1: I, Johnsons on the Texans. There's one at the head coaching um,
2: position. <laughs> and and uh, that's well played. Um, so, I mean, the Chargers are going to run the ball 30 times. And you can run the ball. Johnson had averaged seven yards a pop against the Chiefs. You can run the ball in the Chiefs. The Chargers are going to stay committed to it. And, look, I get all the Chiefs trends. I know the Reed's extra prep. And the Chiefs will probably win this game. But over a touchdown in the game that I think is going to be lower scoring is one of the reasons why I have it that high. So, um, I wouldn't like the Chargers as much if I thought that this game – was gonna go over, but with the with the game script, it's one of the reasons why I really like
1: the Chargers this week. But maybe you can, we'll see. Well, maybe you can laugh at me. As far as the total, like you're you're on it. The sharps have been on that side. I'm I'm guessing because I think it was at over fifty at one point. It's down to forty-seven and a half at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network Betting Podcast. Up next, our favorite teaser of the week.
0: Oh yeah, six point
1: teasers. For those not familiar, a teaser is when you combine two or more bets. And for each bet, you get an extra six points toward the spread. So, for example, if you're teasing an eight-point favorite, they become a two-point favorite. If you're teasing an eight-point underdog, they become a 14-point underdog. Where are you going this week with your two-team teaser? Yeah, it's not a great teaser
2: week as far as options to tease through sevens and threes compared to the teams that I like. But my favorite one, you have to look out for it. At BetMGM MGM right now, the Titans are eight point favorites and the Eagles are one and a half point underdogs, which means you can tease the Eagles up. Six point teaser over seven, and the Titans down below three. The Jaguars won last week. Great. They got outgained, and I don't I mean they're still a bad team. The Titans are gonna be able to run the ball on their run defense, and that's gonna set up the play action, which is where Tannehill exceeds against a really inexperienced defense. There's gonna be some broken assignments. They're going to hit some big plays. That explosive offense that you didn't see against Denver and, and Fangio who really excels at taking away explosive plays. You'll see that this week. Henry will also get his. The Eagles, it's just a number play. I hate the Eagles this year. I'm so low on them. I even upgraded the Rams, but I still make the Eagles a sm- small favorite here. So if I can get them as a dog and I can tease them over seven, you bet I'm including them in the teaser. Uh, I know that there's they could be without their top three Defensive ends, it's something to watch, and their offensive line is still a disaster. Although Lane Johnson said today he's going to play, which will really help. But uh, I, I have to tease them over seven here. So Eagles and Titans.
1: Yeah, like the Titans, they, they were a lot better than, they, than that final score looked, as I'm sure you may have heard Stephen Gostkowski might have missed a kicker four. So uh, the Eagles make me a little nervous. I actually do have the Rams as a favorite, just given all of the things I saw in week one and the injuries. Um, But I got the Rams at plus three and a half. So I'm not touching this game anymore. I'm just going to enjoy my line value and hope that a cash is one way uh, or another. For me, my teaser is going to start with the Kansas city chiefs mentioned all those trends. You hit, you, you know, made a good counterpoint that it's over a touchdown. Well, let's tease it down to two and a half. You know, let's tease it down to under a field goal against the Chargers. I think the chiefs take care of business uh, for all the reasons I pointed out uh, earlier and um, fade operation fade Denver is on. Pittsburgh, minus one. Uh, they're seven-point favorites at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the podcast. Teasing them down to a one-point favorite, they should absolutely win this game. Denver, in addition to having questions at the center position, uh, at the tackle positions, uh, still banged up in, in kind of chemistry issues with the, you know, with the pass catchers. They should get better as the year progresses. I don't know why they didn't target Noah Fant more in the second half after he went off for 81 yards and a touchdown in the first. But beyond that, beyond the second-year quarterback and his seventh-ever start against uh, a defense that was top three, not just against the pass, but also against the run and, and, and you know, completely eliminated the Giants' run game and made them one-dimensional last week. In addition to all those factors, you now have Vic Fangio doing a, his best Vance Vince Joseph impression. Just this inexplicably boneheaded coaching decisions down a stretch, bad calls uh, on offense being made by, I don't know, you know, whoever the, the offense, you know, Shermer, you know, he, he, but just on his watch, I just thought a really poorly coached game that the Titans were begging, just begging Denver to win. Uh, now you're going against a Steeler team that got the kinks out, you know, used that first half against the Giants to play really poorly and, and somehow still got it together. Uh, just nothing I would want a part of uh, in, in this game. Like I, I would even think about betting Pittsburgh at the big number um, at, at a touchdown or less in this one. Cause I, I I'm just really well on Denver. Didn't like what I saw out of them and thought they got gifted to be able to have be in that game uh, against Tennessee.
2: Well, I, I don't hate the teaser, but uh, especially teasing through seven and three, but I, I actually am on Denver plus seven and a half. I am waiting well, it's on seven and a half. That's not bad. I'm waiting on to see if Sutton and Hamler play. And I know Bouye's out, but Uja looked good in the corner. And Denver's defense, they're not going to give up anything deep. It's what they do. And you can see the progression in in Fangio's defense. And they didn't last week and they actually shut down Henry. He did nothing. Um and the the Steelers offensive line is a disaster right now. They they're starting right tackles out, their starting guard is out, their backup guard is out. They they're signing people off the practice squad. Um so that could be an issue, I, you know. There's rookie corners for Denver, but I think they're going to keep everything in front of them. I'm hoping some of their receivers come back and play, and Judy doesn't have a bunch of drops. But I make this under seven, so I took over over seven um, once it got to seven and a half. But I, I, I don't mind the teaser.
1: Yeah, I have I have this game power rated at Steelers seven and a half. Although I may adjust down to seven if um you know th- th- i have to look more at that offensive line because that's a good point i i, I saw his banner go out uh with the acl i believe it was um but i, I still yeah like banner's out he's
2: done with done DeCastro's castro's still hurt so it's like
1: yeah
2: it's getting dicey on that offensive right. line be
1: careful with the broncos man i mean the- the-, the the colts are gonna be my official be careful stucky call of the year but <laughs> the broncos man I don't know. Yeah, San Gio. I'm one know zero against the spread on the Broncos. Hey, so we'll see. hey, hey, you know what's crazy? So am I. I bet the line yep. when it was a great line value for the Titans, and you and, and, and I'm sure most people um got the uh got the plus three, which still shouldn't have cashed, but that's that, such is the life in uh in in, in Titans kicker land apparently. So uh, yeah, that was that was a roller coaster. But uh, now it's time for our money line underdog parlay.
0: Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the moneyline parlay.
1: And Stuck, gotta hand it to you because you started off the year with a bang, calling the Washington football team upset. It was not even a contest by the end of that. They won, ended up winning by ten. Uh, my Dolphins uh, ended up losing, so uh, you you carried us through that uh, through, through week one in that aspect. But uh, great call. Uh, who you got this week?
2: I was gonna go with the Chargers just to make your eyes pop out of your head. Don't do I'm it. going. Uh, I'm going with. I'm going back to your team from last week. I'm going with the Dolphins. I make this line closer to four, and I'm high on, on the Bills. I think John Brown might be out. Devontae Parker is he banged up? I don't know. There's some receiver questions you have to look into on both teams, but I think there's value on the Dolphins. And look, there's a lot of new pieces all over this team. They worked out. They were able to work out some of the kinks last week against New England. They got a beneficial touchback, but then they were, you know, they were in the game to cover at the end. I just this line's too high, so I'm taking the shot with some Fitz magic on the Dolphins uh, at home. That's basically it. There's nothing. uh, There's nothing genius about this or anything mind blowing analysis.
0: Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Magic.
2: Give me the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, it's it's it was one of the teams on the short list, the teams I considered. God, didn't pull the trigger. Cause ultimately uh, you know, that Parker injury or if he's banged up and which we just don't know at this point um, is, yep. I think it is pretty substantial against this team, but it's, you know, it's a division game, uh, you know, home game for the Dolphins. So don't hate it. And for me, and this was a tough week, I think for, for me to find money dogs. So uh, that's another reason I don't hate it at all. Um, for me, I went, ended up going with Houston uh, plus two forty against Baltimore. Listen, man, Deshaun Watson this is purely Deshaun Watson play you know there's only a few teams that have quarterbacks that you know can kind of stand up to Baltimore and Lamar Jackson this is going to be a tough defense all year uh, to play against we saw them blow out Cleveland uh, you know but now they're going on the road Houston's back home they got a nice tune-up against a team that the only team that may be even more difficult to beat than Baltimore which is the Kansas City Chiefs so Uh, Just kind of, uh, I I like the timing uh, of this game for Houston early in the year. We we saw Baltimore slip up last year early. I think it was week two or three against Cleveland. So, um, you know, Baltimore's not going to go 16-0. When I I look at their schedule, this is one of those games that uh, I think that Baltimore could be somewhat vulnerable. And Deshaun Watson has won nearly half of his games straight up as an underdog over the past couple of years. So, you know, this is just kind of a play on early in the year. Odd things happen. Baltimore, maybe just a little less focused than, than we see them for, you know, later in the year when it's come playoff time. Uh, I think Houston uh, is a good enough bet to steal a win, to, to throw, throw a little bit down, a little nibble on it.
2: Uh, I can't see it. But, I mean, I make this line just under seven. So, I mean, from a value perspective, sure. But, uh, I mean, it, I just it's a bad matchup for Houston. I mean, last year they played – Baltimore won, I think, 41 7. Houston never yeah. sniffed the red zone. Watson, they just blitzed them all day and were all over them. I think they had 100, they got outgained by almost 300 yards. It was bad. But from a value perspective, since I make it a little under seven and you have a, an elite quarterback, sure, donate it.
1: Speaking of the Ravens-Texans games, BetMGM has a great sign-up offer for that one. Starting this Friday, customers can bet $1 and win 100 in free bets if Baltimore or Houston score a touchdown in the game. Just sign up and make your first bet using bonus code ACTION100. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTION100 to bet $1 and win 100 in free bets if there's a touchdown scored in the Ravens-Texans game. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, one 800 gambler in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. All right, let's finish up with our Survivor Picks of the Week.
0: One pick. (laughs) One chance to advance. Survivor.
1: All right, Stuck. This is a tough Survivor week. Uh, who are you going with for your pick? We both hit last week. You had the Bills. I had the Steelers. Well, I, if you go on
2: actionnetwork.com or the Action app, I have my Survivor plan out there. This week, I have the Browns. This is a Thursday night, so you might be listening to this on Friday. You might be listening to this on Saturday or Sunday. I'm sticking with my plan. It makes me nervous as hell going with the Browns. But if you're listening to this after Thursday and you didn't get it in, I would go with. The Bucks are, are a decent pick, but I'm using them later in the year. One of the teams I don't have projected to use is the Titans. I think they're safe this week. Um, so if you're listening to this after Thursday, I'd go with the Titans.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with the Titans here. The Browns, they just they just make me too nervous. Just I, I think they're the right side, but okay, just a division game or a division game that I expect to be a little bit closer um, than then the Titans, which is also a division game. The Titans aren't going to give to Jaguars all of those points the way the Colts were. Oh, uh, although they might because they don't have a kicker. So, uh, oh, my God. Actually, no. I can't do this. Oh, this is <laughs> – I'm going with the Cardinals. Forget it. Let's, let's, let's just go with the Cardinals here because I, I can't choose the Titans right now in their kicking situation. I, I can't. I, that's, that's just – so, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm switching it up. I'm going with the Cardinals uh, against the Washington football team. Washington football team – out, outperform expectations Cardinals outperform expectations Cardinals the better team here all right let's close it out stuck with the best of the rest which are the games we didn't cover in any other segment and since you ended up taking the cards we have just one and it's a good one it's the Sunday night game the Patriots at the Seahawks Patriots four point underdogs total 44 and a half thoughts on this game stuck Yeah, these are like the two goats
2: going up against each other. You have Bill Belichick, if you bet on him, he's in the regular season 162, 102, and 9 against the spread. That's 61.4%, covering by an average of about 3.7 points per game, over a 20% ROI. That's the most profitable of 128 coaches in our bet labs database. Even as an underdog, he's even better, 23, 9, and 2 against the spread at 71.9%, covering by over a touchdown per game, a 40% ROI. But then you're going up against Russell Wilson. He's 69-53 and seven against the spread, 10.2% R.I., seventh most profitable quarterback of 238 in our database. He's also the GOAT in primetime. You're going to hear that leading up to Sunday night. He's 21-9 and three against the spread, 70%, covering by almost a touchdown per game. So what happens when these two teams meet up? Well, well, it's happened twice: four years ago and eight years ago. Wilson got the best of the Patriots in both games in 2016. The Seahawks won 31 24 in Foxborough, seven and a half point dogs. 2012, they won 24 23 in Seattle against the Patriots, just three and a half point dogs. Was it there a third game? Russell Wilson?
1: They messed up? There was,
2: was there. a third game. Playoffs. They up. Well, the playoffs. Well, just as i And yeah, you're right. They And Russell Wilson got the better of them. Oh, wait. Pete Carroll didn't hand it off to Marshawn Lynch. Uh, so the Patriots actually covered that. The game was, I think the Patriots are one point underdogs. Uh, but the Seahawks should have covered. But well, Russell Wilson in the two regular season matchups. Listen to this, Russell Wilson in the two regular season matchup against the Patriots. Listen to this: forty-one of sixty-four, six hundred and forty-one yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. That one of one of those games includes the "You Mad, Bro?" game from Richard Sherman. Remember that? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Patriots Seahawks game. Well, Russell Wilson has dominated the Patriots, and like his legs and his. You know they, the Patriots are always going to play a lot of man, and Russell Wilson keeps plays alive, and it's it's it gives the Patriots a lot of trouble. And Bill Belichick said that the, Russell Wilson's given them nightmares in the past, even though it's a small sample size. I make the Seahawks around three point favorites, a little little over three, and I make the total right around here. It's a perfect perfect uh, live betting game for me. I don't think I'll have anything pregame. I'll have a write up on the action app and actionnetwork.com for it. But you know, if the Seahawks get behind early. If there's not a lot of points early, this year, the, the pitchers is going to go slow. They're going to run the ball a lot. We're still learning about their offense. I might be looking for a live over. So I'll be trading this live. You can follow me on the Action app. I think the, the total and the, the spread are about right. But Russell Wilson has dominated the Patriots in a matchup of a coach and a quarterback that you normally can't go wrong backing, but something has to give.
1: So I have this game Seahawks favored by three and a half so no not really showing any value forced me to pick the game and I'd probably just go Seahawks money line because we have the better quarterback going up against a quarterback who is notorious for being a front runner and let's be honest that that Dolphins game didn't really test Cam Newton he barely threw the football Uh, he was able to run but you know, just like you can say, well, the Patriots, maybe they, they're practicing against that now, so their defense could be better against Russ, but the, the, C, the Seahawks defense is always practiced against a quarterback like Cam Newton. So will he be able to get off and get loose as much against Seattle with, with Jamal Adams now playing a little more physical? I, I don't think so. Uh, so uh, yeah, I would probably just go Seahawks money line because I don't see much value on the spread, and, and that's a great point. Live betting uh, may be the way to go you know, maybe the Patriots get up early and people think cam is going to keep on chugging, but uh, I think it comes to a halt right here. I think the Seahawks win this game, but Seahawks never win games by a lot of points. Right. So (laughs) money line for me, or or, yeah, as you said, bet it was, and that's going to do it for this week. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the action network NFL podcast stuck. And I will be back next week to break down week three. We'll also have the fantasy flex and stuck and Colin Wilson show uh, as well. Uh, If you want to find Stuck, you can find him on Twitter at Stucky2 and in the Action Network app at the same handle. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Rabon and also at Chris Rabon in the Action app. Good luck on your bets this week. Let's get this money. Go Ravens. we finished talking.